0: Alice, good timing. I'm sitting here with Hyde and Liz from Cassette Stress. Thanks for so having you, us. Yeah, absolutely. So you walked in at a good time. We're uh, just we're just getting into it. Um, Cassette Stress. They have a show coming up June 10th at Springwater with Panda Forces and Taxiway. Yeah. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, Looking forward to that one. Yeah. Uh, those are good people. So yeah, it'll be a good show. Yeah. yeah. Um, legendary place too, Springwater. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. We just uh, played there with Drifters and Bella this week. Oh, right on! Yeah,
0: Um, I heard once that um, like Johnny Cash has been
1: through Springwater. That's how old the place is. I think it's actually been there since the eighteen hundreds. Whoa! Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's so previously before it was what it is now. I think it was part of the Centennial Exposition or one of those big fairs that they used to have here, where they had the original Parthenon. Okay. So yeah. it's been around. It was, I think, it was some restaurant or something related to the exposition, but it's been there since then. So wow. yeah, it's it's been here a long time.
0: A really legendary place. Yeah, then. yeah. No doubt. Wow. That's nuts. That's so yeah, going on like two centuries or over that, I guess potentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Quite a long time. Quite a long time. Yeah. Um. It, it it's a. I've seen a very wide amount of shows there
1: too. Oh, like yeah.
0: everything. Yeah. Every, no everything and every anything, anything been through
1: Springwater. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a key place for, you know, anybody starting out, uh, you know, further down their career, just, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good place to just uh, go and let it loose. Yeah.
0: Speaking of starting out, what is, what is kind of y'all's journey from, from origins <laughs> to here, if you want to like yeah. take me maybe back to the beginning. Yeah. Like, well, how
2: long a story do you want? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah.
2: Whatever
0: I can
1: get. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, I mean, in some ways, um, well, we this project has kind of been has kind of been bubbling along for us for quite some time. Um, in terms of really being active, I mean, we just played our first show in December, so and we actually we booked that <laughs> before we had totally finished all our arrangements. So we were just, you know, we decided we needed to set ourselves a deadline um, and get that and just go into it. So, but. I mean that's the official start, but really, I, I mean quite a number of years. Uh, this is a sound that we've been reaching towards for quite a long time. I, I don't even know like where it where it started, but uh, looking at or listening back to some of you know tapes that we did on um, you know the Tascam four track, you know quite a number of years ago. Listening back to those, I can hear little flashes of riffs or pieces of song so kind of been going wild yeah
2: yeah we always thought we would do a duo project but originally we were doing um Hyatt was playing guitar instead of bass yeah. and I was playing drums and we're big White Stripes fans and we felt like we were always sort of ripping them off on some level and trying <laughs> yeah. to like come up with our own sound was yeah. difficult um I think at that time especially because I had just started playing drums um yeah and so we kind of reached a I don't know a, a stopping point with that project where we just couldn't really take it any further um and we had written some songs we threw out probably half the songs that we wrote (laughs) because we thought they were terrible yeah Um, yeah there's a lot of stuff and then we played with some other people you know kind of after that and a couple other projects and then finally circled back to this right so but yeah i think hyatt playing bass was like the key for us we that really kind of like changed how we looked at, at composition of the songs and everything and yeah, yeah it at, le- at came least together
0: for yourselves that, that seems like that was kind of a pivotal moment where you came into your own and developed your own voice as an artist
1: is that a- actually yeah, yeah that was so there are a couple of things that really brought it all together so you know for years we were friends fans of white stripes um, black keys the kills kind of a lot of duos that were doing a lot of stuff that was in the kind of in the you know, bluesy vein, you know, maybe with some different elements thrown in there. Um, and that was kind of where we started. But at least for me, I just never, where we were going, I never felt like I I was doing anything that wasn't, you know, ha- hadn't already been done by one of those three bands. So, uh, you know, we, we were searching for sounds for a long time, me playing guitar, Liz playing drums. Uh, at some point, Liz went to the uh, the rock camp that's that's run by the 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 yeah organization that runs the the kids southern World camp. I think I know what you're talking about. So they have an adult version that is sort of a fundraiser for the kids camp. And Liz played bass, so she bought a bass um, and was going to start learning that. And then uh, I stole, I took
2: it, I took it. I was like, well, I don't know.
1: I think I kind of like this and you know, you're doing really well on the drums, so I think I'm just going to take this. We're going to see where that goes. And that was that was kind of the thing that made it crystallize because I could never get out of a lot of guitar playing habits with mm. guitar, but picking up the bass, it just took it in a totally different place. I think bass and drums are like the most essential part of music, right? Like, at least in yeah. my opinion, it's like that's
0: all, it's, it really comes down to drums and bass. That's everything, really. Yeah, I so mean that's
1: that's the rhythm. And, and we were trying to go for something that was very, very rhythm oriented, very, you know, mm-hmm. just a lot of beat, a lot of low end. And trying to do that with guitar with octave pedal down and all that. It just um I don't know. It never really had the right drive. Well
0: it's really groovy
1: stuff y'all are doing. So. Appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Thanks. Yeah. Um
0: yeah, that, that's a cool art, cool way of um coming into it. Did are
1: you guys from here? originally Uh been here a, a long time but I gotcha. but uh didn't grow up here. Okay. Yeah same. Gotcha. Um. So
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a, a complete segue at you guys. Oh yeah. to uh, <laughs> get into the easy stuff. <laughs> <time. laughs> <laughs>
1: um.
0: So let's let's do like um. In whichever order you guys want to answer. Okay, let's do. What do you think happens after you die? And I, I like to preface that with no one really yeah. knows. No one at all really knows. But I think we all have different ideas about it. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, starting with the easy ones. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do you want to throw it in here, or you want me to? Just, sure, my is inter- super short. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when you die, you're dead, and that's the end of it.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. As, well, as far as I'm concerned, I, th- I mean, to your point, we don't we don't know, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it kind of either either one of two things is going to happen. Either it's going to be nothing, um, in which case you know doesn't matter because um, it's going to be nothing, or it'll be something. But I think it will be so far outside of our experience, you know, in our lives that it's almost, it's almost impossible to even conceive of what that will be, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to be, you know, say your consciousness survives in some way. Um, I mean, I think so much of our personality and, and, Everything is, is very much governed by our, you know, physical body sure. and our yeah. you know, hormones and, and, you know, hunger and experience and, and weather and time of year and all that, um, that you take all of those aspects away. You know, are you really going to recognize yourself even? That's, that's a good point. If, if there is something,
0: it would be it wouldn't be you it would be yeah. something different for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, so much of the ego is tied to physicality Yeah, like develop your personality out, out of your environment, things around you, you. Yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a very interesting point. I, I think um, at that point, it'd be even hard to call that life. Right, because something we kind of define life as is having to eat and like survive. Sure, yeah. And if you don't have necessities, are
1: you really alive? You know. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, and um, you know, maybe you are. Maybe that's a kind. Of, maybe it is a kind of life. But it's so far, it would be so far outside of our experience that it's almost hard to even think about. Mm-hmm. Think about it in any any concrete way, to me. Yeah, yeah. It's such an abstract thing. I think that's that's the like the catch
0: 22 of what i like about it and what i don't like about it yeah is like it is such there's no ground we could possibly get to like get a footing on you know because yeah. everyone everyone's opinion is equally correct on it because we have no idea right whatsoever
1: yeah. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <Yeah. clears
0: throat> what about um um how we came to be here on earth any ideas about that oh um
1: i guess uh, mean- let's say physically like how humans came to be. Oh, well, at least, at least as far as I'm concerned, I mean, long process of evolution mm-hmm. from, uh, whatever those origins are, which, you know, of course at this point remain fairly mysterious. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's how I look at it.
0: Yeah. Natural selection. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, that's, um, what it was like called like Occam's razor. Like the simplest explanation mm-hmm. is usually the best is usually the, the true one. Right. Yeah. I think, um, <clears throat> yeah, I recently, um, Uh, something i struggled with a long time was like a missing link kind of idea because Mm -hmm. like it seemed i understand that but it's like it seems like there is a gap between apes and humans to me and i try i've I've tried to quantify that with like um maybe there were psychedelics involved maybe chimps ate these things and like gained consciousness that Mm -hmm. way or some kind of alien intervention where it's like um like one of our oldest written records is um, the Epic of Gilgamesh right, Sumerian yeah, yeah, yeah. tablet. Mm-hmm. And it tells us about aliens coming down and splicing their DNA into us. So, I mean, you know, but there's tons of old stories like that. But anyway, um, there, there, there seems to be a gap for me. Yeah. And but someone recently um, was telling me, well, it's it's it feels like that maybe because it's such a long period of time, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily it could it doesn't have to be that it could also just be natural selection. Because it's, we're talking about a very long period of time, and I think
1: I'm underestimating that because potentially millions of years, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, once you take into account, you know, generations upon generations, uh, you know, in, improving a little bit, changing a little bit over time, and, and maybe there were, uh, you know, events that put pressure on whatever the pre-human or human population that caused changes you know quickly. I mean that that can definitely happen. So you know maybe there were slow changes over time, but then some event there like I'm trying to remember um exactly the parameters of this, but there's an event it's called the I think it was the Great Filter or maybe I'm using the wrong term for this, but some event that they posit just based on DNA analysis that the human early human population got got whittled down to like 10 Maybe fifty thousand individuals, maybe okay. somewhere in that range, maybe volcanic explosion, something like that. But um, that we survived is kind of a winnowing down of, of the population to something mm-hmm. like to a very small number, and it, something like that could really change people in a few yeah. generations. Like having those kind of that could pressures, be the survival link. pressures. Yeah, yeah, could be. Yeah, I
0: don't know. I mean, because the that, that sounds to me like the people that survived would have been the most adapt would have been the ones, mm-hmm. if, if so few people survived, it would have been the top of the top, most intelligent. And
1: I guess also most physically capable. Sure. People. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, yeah. And that's, uh, that's an interesting thing thinking about that. And there's another here that, I, that I would like to know more about that. I, I just think there's not the records or, or there's no, um, I mean, there's not a lot of evidence about it just simply because it's, it's prehistoric, but that period right before the, you know, rise of cities or the first sort of what we would think of as semi-permanent civilizations, like when people were living maybe in little bands or family groups and just, yeah. you know, out in the wilderness, what, you know, what what that would have been like. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what um, their philosophies would have been like, you know? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, all all these people probably living in fairly isolated circumstances, isolated from each other. I mean, what kind of, you know, ideas about the world and art and, you know, conceptions of everything would you come up with in in, in a time where you may, you know maybe years between seeing anyone outside of your group yeah and then when you collide with another group what yeah you know, what is that then?
0: what does that do to you yeah for yeah. sure and if, on that same line of thinking like um like going back to sumeria like uh, there were there was a flood you know a great flood mm-hmm. that destroyed the whole world and i think right. i think if you're in an isolated region and something destroyed it for as far as you're concerned that is the entire world absolutely mm-hmm. yeah um So like you're saying, it makes a lot of sense, like, especially if you're talking about small nomadic tribes, how they develop vastly different worldviews. And I think something that's interesting about that is you see similarities crop up too. Yeah. Right? It's like there's these universal truths where people completely isolated from each Mm -hmm. other develop the same concepts of things. Right. Um, I guess uh, before we move on, Liz, do you have anything to add about uh, (laughs) where we came from?
2: No, but I was just thinking, like, do you... I guess, question for y'all. Um, do you think that we are continuing to evolve? Does natural selection still apply in this, in the way that it did before with the advanced medical care that we have, the, the way that we are able to globally communicate, um, the infrastructure we have to educate everyone, you know, I just, uh, makes me interested to think if we're, if we're still continuing to get smarter or, or not. I, I
0: think like, yes and no. Cause it's like, uh, I'm trying not to give like a non-answer, but that's like, um, okay. So like, for example, I have or- awful eyesight and that's genetic, Both my parents have really bad eyesight. Yes, same. 300 years ago, I wouldn't be able to like gather on my own, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. natural selection, I just wouldn't have reproduced. And it's like, there's that's, that's, uh, it gets into like tricky territory because that's almost like talking about eugenics though. Cause it's like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like there are, because our society is softer, it is a fact that, people are going to, um, it's not just the most physically or mentally fit are going to survive. So we're going to actually develop genetic defects and things like that. And that's just part of it. So I think, I think obviously technologically we're getting more advanced, but like, for example, I have this cell phone and this computer, but I don't know how to make this. I have no earthly idea what it takes to make something like this. Right. Um, so I think, and I I think most people don't. So it's Mm -hmm. like, most of us i think we're not i think we're getting weaker and dumber like have you guys seen that movie wally oh the, the one with the robot mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. basically everyone that was on earth is now in a space station and yeah, they're, yeah. they're in like wheelchairs and they're all extremely obese and they don't do anything all day and right. robots take care of everything yeah and everything is just trash
1: everywhere right yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this ultimate consumer yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i mean that is an interesting point that so much of our you know modern world no one of us could produce but i feel like that's been a that's been a you know component of you know human society for definitely hundreds of years i mean uh, uh one of my you know nerdy pursuits back you know back in the day was uh uh learning about illuminated manuscripts, learning calligraphy and all this kind of stuff. And we're talking about, you know, 1100. And even in those days, you know, I mean, there may be this concept of, you know, the monks sitting in their cloister doing this all by themselves. But that, I mean, that's not really how it was. I mean, there was a whole industry of experts who could make vellum. And then there was, you know, the whole industry of people who could make the ink. Sometimes, you know, monks, would make there and some the, but there's an industry for that. A lot of the pigments that they used were brought from far, you know, places that they would never go to in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, excuse me. There's a whole, even back then, there was a whole infrastructure for something as simple as as making a book. I just think that's inherent to human yeah. society that they even that that is. Specialization has to arise um, quickly um, because you can only get so good at any one thing in your life. I think.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. The uh, the concept of like an alchemist was kind of it it was like the all chemist, right? the, The spiritual healer, right? The medicine man, the everything, you know, the mathematician. And it's like, I think at a certain point in society, we realize all these subjects are so broad that one man can't possibly. So we start divvying it out and experts of different fields and things. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I should have had something. <laughs> um, do come back to me. Oh, oh. Um, so where do you guys think art comes from? Because um, we were talking earlier about about um some of the songs that you had written you ended up tossing out a bunch of them and th- that to me is the sign of like a real artist right it's like i'm, I'm personally i'm never really satisfied with what i do I've, nothing's ever, <laughs> yeah. nothing i do is ever good <laughs> <Right>. for me <laughs> right yeah yeah i'm sure you guys <laughs> yeah, can really
1: totally. To oh 100 i mean even it's the thing. things that we you know that we're playing out now i mean you kind of get to a point where you're like well that that's that's just where we are we're going to have to go with that well that's that's the best place to be though Mm -hmm. i think
0: right because if you think you're that's the best song i ever made that's not where you want to be right like right yeah Yeah, because it's all downhill after that
2: and we still don't have the sound that we want we want to kind of push it in a little bit more of an electronic direction um okay you know um I have a Roland drum pad and I've st- I only use it on one song right now but I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate that and other things and get some cool samples loaded on there that I can you know trigger alongside some other nice. beats with the with the kit. So it's a lot to figure out but yeah so yeah I think we're still trying to continue to evolve and, and get better.
0: Yeah, sure. I'm yeah. really excited to see you guys go along that journey. Yeah. That'll
1: be fun. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm interested to see how it turns out, too. <laughs> we may throw those songs out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but to go to your question, so so what are you, oh, what are you getting at? So are yeah. you saying, like, where, like, where, what's the, what's the origin of a, of a, like, where does a piece of art be that music or a song start? Like, where does that kernel come from? Or... What is art, generally?
0: Yeah, I guess it's hard for me to ask this without giving like my two cents on it too much. Oh, sure. But sure. like, um, do you think do you think that starts with you, or do you think that is received? Do you think that comes through oh, yeah. you?
1: Yeah, I I don't know because it is a very weird process. I mean, um, you know, I've thought about this because I I don't know. Just trying to describe how how it works for me. At least for me, when I'm writing something. It's almost like I have, I I start to just get an idea forming in my my mind, and I would describe it like almost you're hearing something like a piece of music or somebody speaking from another room, and you can't really Mm -hmm. make it out very well, Mm -hmm. and, you know, if you sit and listen and just kind of let it come to you, eventually you may hear it enough to be able to say, okay, I see what that is, and and do something with it, but um, where that comes from, whether that's something rattling around in my head, or whether it comes from somewhere else, I don't know, sometimes it feels like it comes from somewhere else, but, you know, that just may be my experience.
2: I think it depends on the song, too, you know, some songs just come to you, and it's it's a quick process to put I together, know. others, like, our song technology I probably came up with 10 different drum beats for the whole thing for it like I kept scrapping it and it just wasn't working and it was such a, a you know just slog to kind of get 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 it into some kind of shape that that we were happy with yeah um and so I think that's where kind of you personally you know the effort you put into it is, is kind of like manifests itself in the song um and yeah and sometimes you just have to kind of like it's, yeah. it's, wor- it's a lot of work sometimes to make it happen. Yeah. Um, but then you have other ones that are just really it's inspirational, I think, and just come together real, real fast.
0: That's a really good point. I think you're, you're right. It's probably somewhere in the middle. It's both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, shoot.
1: Why am I blanking <laughs> today? Um, I mean, that's a, that's a very interesting idea though. Just where, and, and at least, at least for me, um, when I'm when I'm working on something, if I like it, then I almost immediately have sort of this paranoid moment of trying to think: Is this just a song that I've heard, or mm-hmm. something that I've seen somewhere, or something that I you know came across somewhere and forgot? Um, and then I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking that I made it up, but I didn't, and that that's mm-hmm. sort of. what... Yeah, hardest
0: struggle. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, or that—that's the worst—is making something you're really proud of, and then finding out that someone did something very, very, very similar like 20 years ago that you had no idea about. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh man. man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, do either of you have any? I uh, uh, I should say ghost stories, but really, what I mean is, do you have any experiences? that are beyond your, um, like logical reasoning, I guess.
2: Oh man, probably with the old house we used to live in. Um, so we used to live in an old house, not too far from here. Uh, it was just a 1930s bungalow and it's kind of, it was, it was pretty dilapidated when we moved in. And then 11 years later, it was like very much more so because we never did anything to it. But I think over time it was almost like, the ghosts were just building in the house and I would get creeped out all the time. Um, they had a, it had a basement that ran the floor of the entire floor of the house. And there was, um, there was a, if you, if you kind of wound around in the basement into the back into like the most interior part of it, um, there was an old coal room, um, which is, you know, a little shoot to the outside. But other than that, it was a completely windowless room just in, right in the middle of the it house. sounds so creepy. And right, if right. I could not walk in there, I mean, even during the day, I would just, the hair would just stand up on the back mm-hmm. of my neck and pretty ghost. Yeah, ghosts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, at, yeah, it's the same thing in the house. Um, I had, so my workshop was down in the basement um, and I would be work, you know, building things or working on something down there um, at night and you usually I was fine but I would, I would hit a point in the night where I would just be sitting there my backs to the door of the little sub where I was it was not in the cold room um mm. and all the hair would just stand up mm. on the back of my neck and I'm just like that was the right. ghost
2: from the cold room <laughs>
1: yeah <maybe> they <laughs> pop out pop, night. pop their head out um <laughs> no the, at that point it was yeah it was Work, work in the workshop was done for the night
0: <laughs> yeah when, when you said you could feel like like the ghosts were gathering it do you, do you would you how would you describe that uh like like pressure you feel pressure
2: no just more cold okay for me so kind of, mm-hmm. yeah and just yeah just get, getting
0: chills okay i guess yeah.
2: yeah
1: so kind of like you were saying about your hand hair standing up on your arms and stuff too just yeah well not really a physical sensation of cold but just and yeah Yeah, it could have easily been just in my head but and maybe it would be something that would you know my brain would start spinning and thinking about things because it's late at night it's dark it's quiet down there um but yeah it it would just i would be fine and then there would be a moment and i'm like okay it's time to go back upstairs but but we had similar there was a back bedroom in that in that room that when we first moved or or in that house that when we first moved in was fine going there all the time no worries but um over time by the time we left that room had the creepiest feel it just felt like when you were in there it just felt it's that feeling of being in a room and someone just staring you down like i'm getting chills this (laughs) year it sounds so creepy yeah and i don't know what it was i mean some of it may have been the furniture that we had in there because we got a bunch of this old victorian stuff kind of from the family that um separate story about so once one of those pieces but um but once that stuff was in there i don't know whether it was just the furniture itself or something came with it or whatever but that's when it started feeling weird in there
2: i got you you know getting chills as a reaction to something is kind of interesting i don't know whether y'all get this but when i hear music that just really speaks to me it will give me chills Mm -hmm. physically um and it's yeah it's not a dissimilar feeling from Feeling like there's a ghost standing next to you. Yeah,
0: yeah. there's something um, spiritual about it. Yeah, about, like for sure. um, when when a song or some piece of art just really hits you, it's like um, I think that's the same thing that's found in religion. Is it's just, like it's a piece of art that just captivates you so much that it you could you could make a religion out of any good piece of art, you know. Um, so. Um, fuck. <laughs> not non-musical inspirations. Um what oh, yeah, bro, yeah, growing yeah. up, what are big things that kind of gave you those uh feelings with without
1: yeah. music? Yeah, for sure. Um <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> we're just talking ourselves. Um no for me, um I was a huge Lord of the Rings fan okay. as a kid, just yeah just, uh, obsessed with it. Um, so yeah, so that, that for me was a big thing.
2: Um, yeah, that was, that was a real constant growing up. For me, it's just, I guess music has just been part of my whole life, but I did ballet for a long time and it was just, that was a different way to experience and feel music. Um, and, you know, I did, you know, very much learned a lot of the, the classics and, um yeah very different from what I listened to today but I feel like that definitely had an influence on me mm. for sure
0: yeah I think um <clears throat>
2: there's like um I recently
0: because I, I I have a great appreciation for music but I'm not a musician so like sometimes I, I like talking to musicians obviously <laughs> but uh and, and like learning kind of that side of it um but like recently I, I got a deeper understanding of metal and how that comes from classical music uh, It's very um very formulated like the same way yeah um yeah i think um it like we, we have updated sounds but it, i i enjoy going back and listening to that kind of stuff too or even like um i really into blues i know you guys were talking about blues earlier. oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like um buddy guy is really big for me oh i yeah, love buddy cool. Guy. yeah yeah i grew up listening
1: to a lot of that stuff and and liz and i listened to a lot of it um along you know just along the way but yeah yeah who else do you like man? muddy waters yeah um, yeah for sure
0: uh uh oh um uh amy winehouse like oh, i know cool. that's yeah, more than yeah. more recent but i love amy winehouse right on um what what about you guys in that wheelhouse so um
2: similar um elmore
1: james yeah elmore james definitely rl burnside
2: mm-hmm. yeah um uh, I'm Albert King it. is always mm. good too.
0: Yeah. Oh, um, I really like Nat King Cole as well. I oh, guess cool. it's not quite yeah. the same thing, but
1: um yeah, similar. Yeah, kind of kind of yeah. yeah, similar era. Um yeah, I'm trying to uh it's it's actually been a minute since I've spun up some of that mm-hmm. stuff just because we've um kind of been on oh miles of, Davis. Oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. oh my god. <laughs> I don't know why that wasn't the first one I lie,
0: Miles <laughs> Davis at the top. Yeah. Uh, that's jazz obviously but um I'm, I'm getting I mean, everything crossed. but together. I mean
1: a lot of a lot of, a lot of threads a lot of threads yeah, all yeah. mixed up here yeah I feel you. Yeah. um yeah I mean it's kind of funny um just thinking about one well, thinking about you know coming over here to to do this um just going back through some of the things that we've listened to so uh I mean some of our I guess some of our influences have been um a lot of that stuff just because I, I i listened to a lot of those blues guys and you know some some of the later um you know derivatives of that like you know zeppelin and all mm-hmm. those cats who you just really you know grounded their sound and yeah and, and those guys and um i guess we went through a lot of psychedelic stuff um there for a minute but some of the some of the things that it, i don't know sort of mid, mid-20s we came across a few things like I don't know if you know the brand, band Ladytron. Kind of, I think they're they're kind of electronic. I, they're hmm. from England. I think they um, they might be technically termed Electroclash. I think I've heard I've never that, heard that term. Yeah, I was hmm. I was I, I apparently that's the genre. Um, but a couple of things like that that you know kind of turned our turned both of our ears in, the, in a different way saying hmm, that's that's cool maybe maybe that's the direction that we're trying to get to and couldn't really put a finger on it because we yeah. hadn't heard that before i got mm-hmm. you um i just remembered another big one for me is um
0: oh and then i lost it again uh, well there's the <laughs> handsome family that's more like blues uh kind of country but, okay cool. oh uh civil wars i love the civil wars speaking of duos
1: yeah like, i don't know them very well i don't
0: really. know a ton of their yeah.
1: songs only a couple Oh, uh, maybe we'll spin it after the podcast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. it.
0: So, um, crazy segue again. Okay, uh, yeah. a- aliens. Uh, let's oh, start yeah. with... Uh, <laughs> so this is a two-part question for you guys. Um, and I guess we've already kind of got into part of this question a little bit. So when I when I say aliens, we have extraterrestrial aliens yeah. off-world off from the okay. planet. Okay. Then we have uh, interdimensional aliens, whatever you want to call that. Sure. So just anything under the category of like not on this plane. Right. Yeah. So you could say uh, just interdimensional aliens, you could mm-hmm. say demons, angels, that kind of thing, okay. uh, fairies, spirits, ghosts, <laughs> anything that's not on this realm of being. And I guess let's start with uh, extraterrestrial, like off planet.
1: Okay. This yeah.
0: so wanna... is the
2: question, do, we, do I think they exist? I'm the worst or... at this, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, like, um, I guess, yeah, okay, so with extraterrestrials, let's do like, um, do you, first of all, do you think they exist? And then second of all, do you think they've interacted with us in the past?
2: Um, definitely think extraterrestrials exist. Um, I think the universe is too big for it not to be. Yeah, there's too many planets. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um do I think they've interacted with us? I don't think so. Um just because if they did, then they would be way smarter than we are and going back to <laughs> circling back to natural selection and you know and all of that, I think that they would have, you know, conquered our conquered our world.
0: Yeah, I yeah. can not argue with
2: that. Yeah. If they're
1: intelligent enough right. to get here, they would have stomped all over us for yep. sure. Yeah. Yeah, right.
2: yeah and I, I
1: Uh, on on the same thing yeah i think if if you had i mean unless there just happened to be some you know some aliens on a planet that was close enough to reach with like you know non-faster than light or close to close to light speed travel then barring that if you're having to basically go you know close to the speed of light or you know faster than life such things even even possible, then your technology is so advanced and so overwhelming that, I mean, you know, they could, I mean, destroy the planet with, you know, from you know from orbit outside of Jupiter and, and not even think a thing about it. I mean, you know, there would be no reason for them to interact with us in such a way, I guess, that they wouldn't have any reason to worry about how we were going to react to it. You know what I'm saying? Because they were so, they would be so powerful and so advanced at that point that they would be, you know, I mean, you know, we, we'd be like ants. Uh,
0: Yeah. I like to think about like, um, like we have tools that are so powerful that like um, it's scary to think about, but like any child could use a firearm. Right. So if you imagine alien technology, it would be like any of their, their children could use a magnifying glass and just destroy the planet. It wouldn't, it wouldn't take their top officials, any of
1: them, on a whim. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah, that would be it. So I mean, you know, maybe maybe it's good that no one has found. If there, yet.
0: if there are other ones, they're probably either don't know we're here because this is so fast, or yeah. um, there's there's like some kind of alliance or something where it's mm-hmm. like leave underdeveloped planets
1: alone, like something yeah. like that. I don't know. That's an interesting thought. And you know, I think if we you know, if we had evidence that wasn't, you know, some you know, a- actual aliens coming here, and at that point, I mean, we'd probably be toast. But um, if we had some evidence of alien civilizations that were, you know, not that, mm-hmm. it's probably going to be some kind of you know robot or automated craft because, you know, that that would be mm-hmm. the the make the most sense to send out because you can you know create however many of them you need, send them out and you don't have to get, you don't have to worry about lifespan or yeah. food or anything like that. Yeah. everybody yeah, we just get, not even them, just some little like
0: vessel or something. Yeah. I think, um, one, one that I have a really hard wrap my head around is the pyramids. Cause I, I like, <clears throat> I've heard I, ideas about how it could be made mm-hmm. with humans, but I just, I look at that and it baffles me. Yeah. Cause it's so, it's like precision on like, there's no space in between these stones. It's like so perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I mean, we, but you know, that being said, we've done a lot
1: of amazing things as people. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I I mean, it is, it's one of those things that seems like it would be on, be beyond people's capability. But I I think with, you know, I don't know, people, people are ingenious and they can come up with all sorts of ways to do things and given enough people and enough time and enough, Will I mean? I think I, I, you know, I think that's something that people could accomplish. I mean,
0: yeah, I'm not I'm not calling it impossible by any means. I yeah. think, yeah, there's a lot of like we've we've done a lot of incredible, incredible things as as, yeah. just, as a
1: people. Yeah, but but to your point though, I, I, there there clearly have been some. I mean, what? However, that whole process was done was not recorded in a way that we could really reproduce it or understand it exactly how it would be done at this point. And maybe with enough research, you could, you could figure out, okay, well, this is what they did. And this is, you know, they had to have been able to do this and and try to recreate that with the tools that were available at the Mm -hmm. time. But, but yeah, I mean, there are some things that have been lost. there's also stuff about like, it's in alignment
0: with Orion's belt, and there's oh yeah like there's several of these structures around mm-hmm. the earth in a, like a grid kind of formation so it's like how did they know that how did right. they know <laughs> how did they understand like geography that well but um but yeah they're, they're, the world's crazy and yeah. like like we said outside none of us know anything about it that's um it gives me anxiety sometimes which is kind of why I like to talk <laughs> about it yeah yeah because we're all just on better. this rock and yeah, we're all yeah. at the end of the day we're all children and none of us have any idea what's going on but it's nice having friends to talk to about it because it's comforting absolutely <laughs> yeah.
1: well i mean yeah if you sit and think about it it is kind of terrible mean, you start thinking about so i'm just sitting on this like ball of rock that's hurtling through the universe that we know very little about um and you know what now what i, I you know what am i going to do mm-hmm. yeah it is a yeah. little bit overwhelming
0: and um i think some of this stuff not necessarily like aliens, <laughs> but some of the <laughs> stuff we've been getting into, I think is important. Um, Cause it's not something that everyone is willing or comfortable talking about. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've, I've actually
1: found that most people are, it's yeah. just, it's most people don't ask, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, it's interesting to think about, I mean, you know, our, our origins, you know, what else could be out there? I mean, that, they're huge questions that if we ever had an answer to any of them, I mean, it might profoundly you know, change how any of us lived our lives, mm-hmm. which I mean, yeah,
0: those are, we can actually look back at um, one example comes to mind of like a breakthrough we had where it completely mm-hmm. changed our society. And um, it's, it seems like before well, my understanding of like before written history, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like where everything was word of mouth, it, it seems like um, there was a period of time where, like religions were very um like mother centric. Mm-hmm. It was based mm-hmm. around woman and also earth. So right. it was like and it's because they uh people didn't like um basically people didn't understand where babies came from. So it's kind of like everyone just was having a giant orgy, and it's like women are these magical creatures that which is still true, right? But these magical creatures are just producing children, and it's like your mother physically feeds you from her body, right? And it's like once you know that's done then the earth is your mother she feeds you right mm-hmm. and it's we see um later on we see this change where it's like the religions become more like masculine mm-hmm. and it's about the sun so it's like the sun gives yeah, right. seed and energy to the earth and like i think we're, we've actually gotten into uh, this is a bit of a tangent sorry but we've actually gotten into a new era where it, um it's not about god the mother or god the father at all it's, God, the children. It's all about idol hmm. worship. It's about us. um All the gods now are rock stars. At least, <laughs> at least the ones that are
1: doing well for themselves, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that. Yeah, that's interesting. Talk. That's like those sort of religious historical uh, things. That's that's something that I feel like I knew more about in, um you know, just from school growing up. And that's not something I've looked at in quite a quite a minute have to that's going to be some homework it's a for rabbit me. hole for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 for yeah. sure
0: oh um so interdimensional aliens oh yeah, visitors yeah okay, from off aliens.
1: this plane mm. nah i think that's i think it takes too much too much energy to get <laughs> from plane to plane
2: yeah <laughs> i agree with that <laughs> sure. yeah
1: i mean
0: yeah um i, I my philosophy on it is kind of like i think Maybe we have, um, I think, I think our, our language fails us in this department because we talk about things in terms of real and mm-hmm. imaginary. Yeah. And I think there is a space, um, that actually exists where ideas are alive. Mm-hmm. I think when you conceive an idea, you, have you've created a child and it mm-hmm. is somewhere. Um, and we could see, we can, I think, there's at least a metaphorical truth to that. Right. Sure. Yeah. At, mm-hmm. at the very least. So it's like, um, I guess, I think you can interact with these things though. Um, and I, I say this through my personal experience mm-hmm. um, interacting with spirits. And I also like to keep, I, I always like to preface these things. I'm, I'm um, I have a healthy uh, skepticism about this stuff. Sure, I think sure, sure. always in my mind, I keep that um, these experiences I've had might've been some kind of psychotic break or some kind of like, schizophrenic experience or something like that. Um, Even though I don't think that's what happened. Sure. I think it's important to keep that at least in the back of my mind. Sure. Not to be all in on something, but anyway, um, based on the experiences I've had, the conclusion I've kind of come to is it's real and it's not real. It's Mm -hmm. in your mind and it's not in your mind. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of a handshake between these two things. Um, you, You reaching out to an idea like creates it and then it reaches back out to you. Interesting. And yeah. I, I just, I think one of the flaws in it is the way we discuss it. Cause it's, it's rigidly real or imaginary. And I don't really
1: sure. think that does it justice. So, so are you thinking that when you, when you think, like when you, when you think of something, are you like any thought, are you saying any thought creates something sort of out in, you know, the ether, whatever you might call it. I think that. it's any thought. Interesting. I think it's everything. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's also the, um, I guess there's also Plato's cave allegory talking about that there's, you know, the ideal version of everything and, every, you know, all of oh, what we, yeah. you know, everything that we see is, or think of or can create as a pale imitation of sort of this idea that already yeah. exists out in the world, which is I guess no, another way to think about what you're talking right, about. Right. Right. Like, like, are we, you know, are we receiving or are we creating? And yeah, that, that's that's idea. very good
0: because that, that brings it back to what you were saying about like, um you get this, you, sometimes you get this vague idea mm-hmm. of a song and you can kind of hear it, but it's like, and I, and I, like we do the best we can to achieve that. But I think as the artist, we're always going to know, at least to some extent that we fell short of it. But that, that's a sure. good thing because we can try harder the next time. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. I, I, but yeah, there it exists somewhere. At least it's, it feels that way, yeah, whether that's in your mind or what, yeah,
1: so so you're saying that you had experiences. Is that something that you feel comfortable talking oh, about? Oh sure. Uh, yeah. Alice
0: has heard some of these stories before, but um yeah I um my my first experience um so i was I was raised pretty religiously, mm-hmm. and um coming out of that um which I have a healthy respect for the Bible and Christianity now but at the time I didn't, when I came out of, uh, that, um, I was, I was very, I, I was an atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I wanted to know for sure. I wanted to see something, see if I could prove something to myself. So I got really into, um, the occult mm-hmm. and black magic and uh, specifically chaos magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and me and, uh, my partner at the time, we purchased this Ouija board, um, mm-hmm. I'll actually show it to you real quick. Okay. Cause it's a little different from what you have to think of. So this is, uh, an invoking board. Okay. And I didn't know the difference when I bought this, uh, just you can hold it if you want.
1: Oh, yeah. I've never seen one. Before.
0: And the plant is actually different too. Okay. Huh. Um, curious. Yeah. But, um, we we had purchased this, and I can get into the differences in a little bit, but um, basically, like just for shits and giggles, I didn't believe in it, mm-hmm. um, but we took it home, and I guess I should also preface that uh this this experience was under psychedelic influence, right? right? That's also important sure. preface on it, <laughs> um, so we took it home and. We were playing with it and uh, it, it kind of just, we both had our hands on it mm-hmm. and it kind of just started moving around a little bit. And I was very, very much a skeptic at this point in my life. And my initial thought, which I, I don't think is totally unfair. Yeah. was like, well, maybe the other person's moving, even though I had no reason not to trust her. Sure. When something defies like your logic like mm-hmm. that, I think that's what everyone's going to go to. Yeah. Right. Um, but I just humored it. I'm like, okay, well, let's see what it says. And the conversation, um, like it, it, it became aware, very like aware to me that it was not her Mm -hmm. who we were communicating with based on what it was saying. Yeah. Um, like at some point it started calling us mom and dad and Mm. it was asking us to, well, first of all, it was telling her that she was pregnant and we were just kind of telling (laughs) it that that's not possible. Right. And, uh, well, then it was like, well, then you need to conceive a child. And we're just kind of like, that's not going to happen right now.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was, it, it kind of dropped.
1: Business board. It kind of
0: dropped <laughs> that for a minute, and then uh, ap- it, it was just talking, saying things for a while, and then after a minute, I felt like there was a string mm. around my finger. Yeah. And I was like, "Hey, look at this!" And after a moment, um, same thing started happening to her. Mm. And over the course of a, like a while, um, I don't even know, 30, 45 minutes, this thing casually, um, crept, up, started doing this, went to like moving my hand, open mm-hmm. and The best way I can describe it is like physical therapy. Like if you oh, were in an okay. accident yeah, and someone had to teach, relearn how to
1: yeah. use something, it didn't, okay. it's
0: like, it didn't know how to use my hand, but it was trying to figure it out. Yeah. So it just kept doing this over and over again. And she's, she's doing, you know, things with her hand too. And I'm just like, I'm just so in awe at what's happening. I think because we were um, in an altered state of consciousness, Mm -hmm. it put us in kind of a trance where I was more okay with what was happening than I might be if I was sober.
2: I was like more. Yeah, I was going to ask that question. Were you, were you scared when, when it all happened? Or were you more just like kind of part of the moment? oddly
0: Like, Yeah. yeah, like tranced out actually. Um, I would say I, in this situation, I normally would have been freaking out, yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. something about it was not freaking me out weird, but, mm-hmm. um, um, it, it, like moved up my shoulder. It started rotating my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And at this point I, I, like, I wiggled my toes like on purpose. I'm like, okay, well, I'm still in control.
1: Right, right. And, and then nice I purposely,
0: attention. I perfectly stopped the rotation yeah. and I was like, oh, okay. I I'm right. good. I got this. Yeah. And so I look over at her, I'm like, Hey. I realized we haven't spoken. We've just been sitting here looking, oh, yeah. like, like, <laughs> like crazy hippie kids staring on. at her limbs. Like, right. <laughs> and I, I'm i like, Oh, I should check on her. Like, and like, Hey, are you okay? Can you give me some kind of indication? And she looks at me and she's got tears running down her face, but she doesn't say anything. And she doesn't change her expression at all. Oh, man. And I like, <laughs> I, this like anxiety and dread, like sits on me all of a sudden and I freak out and I'm like, Hey. And I, I, I grab her hand and I move it. Cause I, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. It's the first time we've done anything Work. with this. I don't sure. know what the rules are. So I grab her hand and I, I'm like, I do goodbye. Yeah. And then as soon as I do that the thing, it's, it's not that it let go, but the grip this thing had on me and it was on my whole body. Yeah. Like started to let up Oh weird. slowly. Yeah. And I could still feel it there, but it was lingering. It yeah. was like, um, and I, I grabbed her hand. It's like three in the morning. We're in our underwear and I grab her hand and I'm like, cause I, I feel like we need to get away from the situation. Right. Yeah. So I take her out of the house and down to the edge of the driveway. And at that point she's like, what are we doing? And I'm like, do you not remember what just happened? She's like, I do, but I don't remember why you dragged me out here. Why are we standing right. up in the road?" <laughs> and I kind of have this like really paranoid moment where I'm like, well, is that really her? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm like, not good, not in yeah. a good place at that moment. Yeah. And she eventually calms me down. She's like, everything's okay. Let's just go back inside. And she finally calls me down and we go back in and we don't mess with that for a long time. Yeah. And um, that was the first experience, and that's usually the one I bring up. I've had many experiences. The problem with what happened is that I panicked. <laughs> that's what caused it. I think everything would have been fine. Uh, and I've had many interactions with um many different things. And I think spirits are any, just like people, right? Like, um, there's good, there's bad, and there's everything in between. Mm -hmm. It's not black and white. It's, you have the whole spectrum of emotion. So, um, you know, it's like, it's like any stranger, right? You wouldn't want a stranger just coming into your house. Like, um, like,
1: it's without, weird without knowing something about their
2: yeah you know, oh except you intentions. guys you guys are
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know.
0: <laughs> oh but um the difference between this and um a standard um evocation board is um well it has to do with geometry first of all but yeah. um it, it basically bubbles down to um an evoking board is like talking to someone through <laughs> your door like through okay. a screen door huh. whereas this is a circle it's um they're in your home they're, okay. What that effectively means is they're in the circle with you. They can interact with your body or whoever else is sitting in the circle. If you break that circle, it can remain with you. Um, I think hmm. the, the thing about that though, where it doesn't give me too hmm. much anxiety is like um, these things take energy out of me to sustain yeah. the com- communication. I don't think yeah. something could stay with me because it takes mm-hmm. effort on my part to right. do it. That's at least the way I perceive it um hmm. I, I do have a healthy like um fear and respect of the unknown and the so I don't pretend to know that I know any any or sure. any everything about this stuff, right but yeah, um sure, that's my experience is that um it really comes down to your mindset like uh if you are in control, then you're hmm. in control yeah, but if if something can trick you into thinking hmm. that you're not in control that they're in control,
1: then that's the reality you're in now, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, just talking about the stuff with the uh, uh, with the house. Like, I have a very, I'm very skeptical about, you know, the reality of it, of things that we describe. But, I mean, it what it was a very, uh, you know, I mean those those the feelings of of, of being afraid of something, or feeling like something's watching. I mean, it's very visceral. Like, you, I mean, you really feel it and you know, I mean, it's hard to know what that, I mean, am very skeptical on some level that, that it is anything, but in my mind, but I mean, it, it, you sure feel it.
0: Yeah. You know? I know that, I know that feeling you're describing cold, but not mm-hmm. physically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, um, I, I would call that a sixth sense. That's mm-hmm. something it's not, it's not something you're actually picking up with any of your recognized senses. It's something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. you right. Um, and I kind of thing is in really interesting about both your answers is you both mentioned this house. Most people I ask usually bring up something from their childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, does anything come to mind from when you were little?
1: Um, I, like sleep paralysis is usually the sure. one I hear the most. Um, not, you know, not really. I mean, there were things about the house that I grew up in that were a little bit, they were a little bit creepy, um, kind of similar thing, big old house from the twenties. Um just kind of an old rambling creaky house and it was just a little bit creepy but nothing nearly as direct or as present feeling as this
2: was in in our other house And how about you the only thing that i can think of is that i also grew up in an old house um built in the 20s and the the stair the the stairs that went upstairs there was right right at the top of the landing there was um a really really dark room where um my dad just had a bunch of books but it was like all the bookshelves are really dark everything yeah everything was just like really really dark brown he had this really kind of like massive desk in there this like massive like you know big office chair and um I would just like get so creeped out when I was going to bed at night, like coming up the stairs. And then I had to turn right to go to my bedroom and I could not look because I always felt like I was seeing like some big figure sitting in that chair in the dark <laughs> yeah. and it would creep me out. Yeah. But, but I think that was mostly just me being yeah. a kid, you know? Yeah.
0: No, I, I'm actually right there with you guys. I haven't experienced anything supernatural until I went looking for it. I actually, yeah. mm-hmm. um, cause that was like a big part of my story was, mm-hmm. um, like I didn't believe it because I'd had no,
2: Sure. experiences like mm-hmm. that
0: until i actively like went searching for it and i think i got at the time a little bit more than i bit off more than i could chew <laughs> yeah yeah but um yeah but I, I don't think that's really what the three of us are describing i don't really think that's the most common most people have some whenever i bring it up um i run into it's something from their child yeah yeah
2: that's interesting yeah. yeah and i'll say like we live in the newer house now that was built about 10 years ago, and. We have a lot of the same furniture, a lot of the same old furniture or whatever. I never get the creeps in that house. I can walk around it at night by myself with all the lights off and it like never creeps me out. (laughs) And I used to get that in the old house all the time.
1: I I think it's, I think it's that mirror. (laughs) The mirror? Yeah. Really? On on that, no, on that, that's on that like dresser thing.
2: Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah.
1: Well, I'll, if I could amend, amend my answer a little bit. Um, so in my grandmother's house in, in South Mississippi, the house from 1910, that was definitely a creepy place. Mm-hmm. And so this, this piece of furniture that ended up in the room that got creepier over, over time, this is the back bedroom. So it's an old dressing table and it has a, this tall mirror and it's very, I don't know how old it is, but it's very severe. It's very big but that used to be in this back bedroom in my grandmother's house and that it was on this wall where there was a closet and the closet you open the door and there was a step up and there was a little coat closet but there was also a turn to your right a step and then a small door and that okay. door went up to the attic and when you went up to the attic all of the walls and every surface was burned like burned from fire it didn't completely gut the house but it was like every surface was covered in soot because there had been a fire up there <laughs> whoa and the lady my grandmother bought it from never would talk about what happened up there okay so sometimes you know what you know thinking about it late at night i would feel like something crept out of that upstairs and ended up in that dresser
2: well, I think, mm. in, you know, a hundred years of a house being around or oh, yeah. that, in the case of your grandmother's house, like how many people probably died oh, in that yeah. house, and, sure. you know, and, and yeah, all the stories of things yeah. that happened to people there, yeah. <laughs> good and bad, yeah. <laughs> you know
1: but yeah but that was anyway that yeah that was definitely a
0: creepy place it <laughs> <That> sounds creepy <laughs> that's um yeah especially like an old wooden house you'd think like the house would go up not like burn the interior of a room
1: that's wild yeah it was yeah. very strange like what kind of fire was that yeah <laughs> <laughs> precisely <laughs> um so yeah so that was that was creepy from the child i
0: remember um like and i like i never really thought of it as like a one of these kind of stories till you brought up yours but now i'm I'm kind of thinking of it this way i remember being a little kid and laying in my bed and like seeing my open closet mm-hmm. and just looking into the blackness and imagining like something oh, yeah. coming out yeah. to the point where it would like like intense anxiety and nothing mm-hmm. would ever happen
2: mm-hmm. oh, yeah. but it's like i would
0: have to go like get up run to my parents room or yeah. do something you know um yeah, yeah i think um there's probably something instinctual about that mm-hmm. like um like little kids, like getting snatched up by wild cats or something. It's like there's a reason you fear oh, the dark. Yeah.
2: Absolutely,
1: know? I think that's. And I think that's exactly why that for a lot of our history, you know, that sound in the darkness or that sound in the bush probably was something that was going to eat you there's a reason it gives us and, anxiety yeah. and so we're all we're all that we're the descendants of all the people who are like no nope, that's uh not not going <laughs> that, over there that's why we're here because <laughs> yeah. we were scared yeah. of the right <laughs> We're like right. you go check that out i'm gonna <laughs> stay right here yeah
0: <laughs> well this has been so much fun Absolutely. hi liz thank you so much
2: for yeah, being thank here you so much for having us this yeah it's been great thank you
0: yeah uh alice You can catch Cassette Stress June 10th at Springwater with Panda Forces and Taxiway. Do not be late. That is going to be a great show. I will definitely be there. So, um, yeah. And and thank you so much again for both for coming.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Uh, Again, Cassette Stress. Uh, Links below. You can listen to their music and you should do so. Good night, Alice. See you next time.